Everyone has something to say, a story to tell. We make it easy to share yours. So let's talk. Regardless of your podcast setup, hit record. And from there, whether your podcast reaches 10 people or 10 million, we can help you get heard wherever listeners are. And who knows, maybe even quit your day job. But no matter who hears you, it's about connecting and sharing something from your perspective. It's about having a voice and using it without anything standing in your way. Say it all with anchor. Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hello, welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry. Glad you could join us today. Got Dawn here with me, and we'll be talking to her here in just a few minutes. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to get her on the program. A while back, I told you coming up in September, I was going to be the guest on Dr. Heidi's It's Not Normal, It's Toxic podcast. Well, that podcast is out. I've got a link to her podcast in the show notes with the link to that episode. Go and check out my interview on It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi. I had a really good time uh, talking with her and chatting with her about all several different things. You'll find out. Go and check that out. Also coming up, got another book review for you. Plus, wanted to let you know that coming up in uh, mid-September, actually September 19th, here in another, what, week and a half or so, I'll be preaching at another church. It's Emmanuel United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida. Been graciously asked to fill in for the pastor there, and we'll have probably the audio from that sermon coming up that following week, and I'll have a link in the show notes to that church, and you can check that out live. Got Don here with me. It's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, we've been able to get together, Don, and record it's an true. episode. And this is the first episode without my beloved Lizzie of 15 years, who just uh, just last week we had to put her to sleep. Uh, she's gone through some complications, and cancer basically is what got her. And uh, it was eating her from the inside out, is what the vet said. And oh. the the humane thing to do, because she was miserable, she was, was suffering, to, and you you yeah. love her too much for that, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. It has been a it has been a sad week at our house because we had her for fifteen years, and she was more than just a pet, more than just a companion. She was part of us. We're mourning that, and if I'm sure many folks have lost uh, a pet uh, or or their companion the morning it, it's just like losing a family member it's just like it is you know uh, and i'm it, very sorry darling i know that hurts yeah it it does it does uh i was telling you before we went on here that i was looking down and expecting to hear the i have to always do the noise filter when i've got the mic on because she's usually either snoring or she's purring <laughs> as she's curled up here at my feet. And you can hear that through the mic. She snored? Then, oh, my goodness. Yeah, she snored. She snored loudly, too. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so we, are, we are kind of sad at our house because she is, she is not here anymore. We miss her and our hearts are broken, but we are in the grieving process and we will grieve and, and move through that. And another big thing that has been going on, and not just in our life, but in yours as well. And folks, uh, now when this airs, 
Uh, it'll be about a week and a half since Ida hit Louisiana. And as we have talked, you are a native of the Cajun state. Native, and yes. There you go. Yes, you are a native of Louisiana. So I'm sure you especially had an extra eye and ear on what was happening there uh, during Ida. Uh, first of all, family, friends, everybody okay? Uh, what's going on? Well, everybody, thankfully, um, my immediate family is uh, was perfectly fine. Uh, they were on the, what I call, if there is a best side, <laughs> what we call the best side of it, and they were on the west. And if you're on the backside of a hurricane, if you have to be in one, the backside is generally the best side. Mm. Um, that's where there's, there's just generally there's less damage, uh, and, and that kind of thing. They got, they got a few sprinkles, that kind of thing. Um, he said they got a little bit of water. He said, but for the most part, they didn't get, uh, anything. And I'm really, that's my dad and my brother. I'm really thankful for that. Um, Absolutely. so that they did fine. Um, I have a lot of friends, um, some, uh, and uh, some family as well who are more centered closer to the storm, like uh, in New Orleans, those, the Laplace, the, those p places that have gotten hit so hard. And then I'm so blown away by the places that flooded so badly that generally don't flood. Mm. They, they, <laughs> these are people who didn't even have flood insurance because they've never flooded before. Wow. So far, um, everyone that I'm close to um, has checked in as fine. Um, I've heard about damage. I haven't heard of anybody losing everything that, that I know of personally. So I am most thankful uh, for that, but I'm, I'm also praying for those who, who have. And uh, I, <laughs> I told, uh, I told the, the, the lady that I, I work with uh, if, if this is before it hit. So mind you uh, Saturday during the day uh, I was involved in a, some, <clears throat> excuse me, in a, a memorial service. And I was telling this friend of mine, you know, if something happens and they flood and they need people, I will be joining the Cajun Navy so fast. Um, and now you know who the Cajun Navy is, right? Um, I, I was going to ask. So what is the Cajun <laughs> Navy? It's, uh, it's, I'm telling you, I, these guys are, these guys and gals are heroes as far as I'm concerned. Um, those, the Cajun Navy is the term that they have uh, dubbed these people who have anybody that has a boat down there, the minute this storm like this happens, these guys, the minute they hear that people are stranded or could be, these guys prep their boats and they get everything ready. And the minute that they can get on the road, they are out of there. Some of these guys rode down, <clears throat> excuse me, and parked. I say parked, they pulled up as close as they could to where the water was rising on the highways. Mm-hmm. And they waited until daylight because they, they got there in the middle of the night. They waited until daylight. The minute they could see daylight, they were in those boats and they were riding up and down what used to be streets, pulling people out of their houses. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, oh but these God. people are fantastic and they don't wait for nobody to tell them nothing. But these guys can get themselves together before the government people even can think. They'll say, oh, when you get to town, check in with FEMA. And I realize there's a reason but they are more concerned. They're out there before FEMA even shows up. 
and they're well, just pulling people, you know, out and doing everything they can to help people. Well, they and, don't uh, have the bureaucracy and the red tape right. to go through. So that, that's right. So that and that's so they're why. heroes. Not to say everybody down there helping isn't, but these people are known for it. You know what I'm saying? They are known for this, and I'm 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 so proud to call those people, um, you know, my hometown and my home state. Um, You'd mentioned, you know, they do uh, they do rescue. We were talking about mm-hmm. pets before. And they do rescue animals as well. Uh, oh, yes. So that they can. That is that in, in Louisiana or, yeah, in Louisiana when something like this happens, is that a major concern? Is pet it, it safety is. And, and rescue? It is. It is actually. Um, I know that's something you are very, very passionate about. Yes. Is, uh, rescue uh, of of these fur babies as they're referred yes. to. <laughs> and, um, well, I don't have, I don't have babies. So yeah. these are my babies. Right. Um, right. and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm that person who wants to, to help them all or to save them all. Um, but I, I uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm, I donate, you know, and I, and I have charities and things out there, but what I'm impressed about is, and this is something I look for. One of the huge topics that happened during Katrina was that there were people who were, when they rescued, when they were rescued, they were told them, sorry, we're not taking your pets or they would pull them out of their houses and bring their pets with them. But when they put them on buses and transport, they wouldn't let them take their pets, which to me is just horrifying. However, after that, I mean, that was 16 years ago. They are huge. Now every they make plans for pets. Now they make plans for pet safety. They even put together these um, kits that you can can buy or or they give you a instructions i get almost like how you have a go bag in case you have to split really quick sure um to yeah. run from a hurricane they have a, a suggested pet one as well mm-hmm. um and and you know your your animals can be just as traumatized as you are sure um yeah. and they feed off of us of course so um but but that's one of the big learnings now is they set up special shelters um a lot of the rescues that are down there will actually matter of fact uh two of the rescues here in uh, dallas that i know of actually partnered with several of the shelters and rescues down there uh and moved some of their existing um rescues up here so that they could clear space for the emergencies that they were you know expecting to have Mm -hmm. Uh, but they planned ahead and they knew you know they're they're very organized they did all this a, a day or two before the hurricane so that they were completely prepped and ready for emergencies, you know, to pull these animals in and give them a warm, dry place to go. Um, so it, it's very different now. I mean, these plans are there and they're in place. And if you have a pet and you need to be rescued, they're going to take you and your pets and, and they're going to treat you all with respect um, and, and do everything to help. Yeah, that's, uh, So that is, that's a big deal. To yeah, me. That is, that is awesome. That is awesome that they have changed that now. And as far as as far as rescue goes, now normally we're not dealing with a catastrophe, yes, like like this. But there are animals that are still in need of rescue, mm-hmm. and I have heard, and maybe you can speak to this because I know this is your passion. I mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you about this. There is there seems to be this movement to adopting a rescue animal as opposed to uh, maybe a 
a, a pet shop or, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. Can you give us your, your feeling on that? And also why you feel that way? It's interesting you say that, you know, we actually had a law passed. They're actually, were saying that the pet stores can no longer sell pure breeds or, or they can't, they have to only, they can only supply themselves uh, with rescue animals, meaning animals from the shelter. So they can only sell shelter pets. So the, um, the, does that mean that that breeding, uh, right. pure, pure breeding, is that now, if that, if that is true, is that now illegal? No. It is not illegal. If I'm if I'm looking to adopt an animal, would the Humane Society be a good place to go or no? There is. Well, there's there's the Humane Society, um, which and in in everybody's area. Okay, just Mm -hmm. that if you of course, these these are shelter animals. And a lot of times that your your local shelter is a kill shelter. Not all of them, but many of them are. So if you go there and, and you and you adopt an animal from there, you're, you're certainly saving a life. Again, I'm not all of them are more and more becoming no, no kill shelters. About 15 years ago, when I first moved to Texas, I, I have a, a friend that I moved in with, and she is like me, a complete and po- complete and total dog lover or pet lover period. And she and I talked about, we made jokes about it, but we said, you know what, we should open up a place to do the boarding and, um, rehabilitation, you know, rehab and stuff. Cause I mean, yeah. sometimes these dogs need, you know, they get hurt and you know, they, they need, they need physical therapy too. Yeah. And we made jokes about it. I'm telling you right now, I wished I'd done it <laughs> well, because there are so many here. It's a multi-million dollar deal here in just in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Don, thank you so much for uh, spending some time talking about this. It was, it was actually kind of therapeutic for me hearing you talk Aww. about your passion for animals. We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer began from a desire to protect those who have been wronged. That's what drew both David Becker and Danielle Lindauer to the law. And with 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of David Becker and Danielle Lindauer are highly qualified and ready to help you. If you're in Central Florida, call them today for a free consultation. 941 Five six seven six seven two eight. Again, nine four one five six seven six seven two eight. If you're enjoying today's episode, then be sure to check out It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Dr. Heidi brings hope, healing, and freedom to those whose lives have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Living in environments that are not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. And the truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but also have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that is free from the control of others. To hear full episodes, of It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi. Click on the link in the show notes. This week, I wanted to spend a little time talking about a book from 2018 that I've recently read by Madeleine Albright. It's called Fascism, A Warning. Now, she is an extremely clever, balanced, and well-informed person. There's a lot of interesting stuff in this book, but the core question is the one you would expect from the title was the 45th president a fascist. Albright, as noted, is clever and balanced, and she gives a clever and balanced answer. No, of course he isn't. But, and it's in that but that constitutes the warning. 
Madeleine Albright does know a bit about fascism. Her family was forced to flee Czechoslovakia twice before finally immigrating to the U.S. in 1949. Her maternal grandmother was murdered in a Nazi concentration camp. She has studied international relations, taught history, and served as Secretary of State. When she issues a warning, it should be heeded. Albright gives her personal history with the history of the rise of fascism in Italy with Mussolini and in Germany with Hitler in the early 20th century, then moves to more contemporary foreign affairs and dictators. She speaks from her own experience while relating facts surrounding each fascist rise to power and later drawing from her time as Secretary of State. As she goes through the 20th century history part, it is impossible not to draw comparisons between the fascist leaders she examines and current political leaders. This is likely the most important book I have read all year. I learned a lot from this book. I knew I didn't know a lot about the political atmosphere of the early 20th century, but did not realize quite how ignorant I was until reading this book. Though at times it did feel a bit dry, I was nonetheless glad to read it and learned so much. It is both a history lesson and a warning, as the title implies. We seem to be at a crossroads not just in America, but throughout the world. If democracy is to prevail, people need to not just be informed, but also, for those with the freedom still to do so, to speak out. We need to look at the past, see how it has shaped our present, and heed the warnings in order to create a better future for all humanity. I invite you to check it out. It's Madeleine Albright's Fascism, A Warning. I give it four stars. Hey, did you know that those who refer to themselves in the third person show a higher capability for perseverance and more self-patience? It's true. Try it. Maybe not out loud at first, but in your internal dialogue. You'll likely find it much easier to say nice or reaffirming things about yourself when using the third person voice. A recent study highlighted in Psychology Today suggests the same trick works for children. So does inviting them to dress up as Dora the Explorer or Batman, the whole process is known as self-distancing. It allows children to disengage from negative feelings of self-doubt and boredom and invites them to identify or even channel some of the positive traits of the character they are portraying. Sadly, the study was only performed on children. If you'd like to conduct your own personal study by wearing a Batman suit to your place of employment, please measure the results carefully and email us at soulramblingspodcast at gmail.com. Pictures are encouraged. But even though the Psalms were written thousands of years ago, they are still relevant to us today. They are relevant because they have an ability to supply us with words when our own fail. They speak to us in times of distress. They give us words for time of grief, for raging at God, or for celebrating. They tell us about the nature of God. They also tell us about ourselves. At times, the Psalms put us in our place, reminding us that there is a God and we are not it. But the Psalms also speak to us words of encouragement for perseverance and diligence, much like the words we might use about ourselves in the third person, or when we're assuming the role of Batman. Instead of booing us through a bit of make-believe or character adoption, the Psalms provide us with words of identity. They tell us who we are. 
The Psalms don't buoy us by allowing us to see ourselves as someone else. Rather, they buoy us up by allowing us to see ourselves through someone else. The Psalms give us a God's eye view of ourselves. In reading the Psalms, we catch a glimpse of ourselves from God's perspective. There is a bit of self-distancing that also happens in this. We step out of ourselves to see a new or different perspective. This is the perspective of the one who created us. It is a perspective that sees us as creatures of value, worthy of love, with our own creative abilities, born with a divine strength. The Psalms point us to a perspective we often adopt in looking at our own children, and they provide us wonderful, poignant, relevant words to ourselves and to speak over our kids. Our society tends to provide children feedback based upon achievement. And so often children can feel that their personal value is derived from achievement. The Psalms remind us that value is not derived from achievement. Our value is gifted to us by the Creator through love. These words of affirmation will assist our children and ourselves in finding our own innate strength when the tensions of life threaten to paralyze us. Now, while it's fun to channel the adventurous spirit of Dora the Explorer or the grittiness of Batman, may doing so not keep us from seeing the reality that we have our own adventurous, gritty abilities. May you and your children persevere, knowing that you have been gifted with strength of character, unique ability, and infinite worth. As we wrap up this week's episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast, told you at the beginning that this is the first episode that I've ever done without my beloved cat, Lizzie, in the studio with me. She normally comes into the studio. She lies at my feet. We also have a pillow here next to my work area, and she would curl up there, lay down. She might snore. She might purr, <laughs> but she kept me company in the studio while I would be working on this podcast. And last week, my wife had posted this. I thought her words would best describe how we feel. She said, "My she posted this on Facebook. My Lizzie has crossed over. Y'all, I am so heartbroken right now. The vet called just before noon during her second surgery to repair a hole in her skin to inform me that she didn't get all of the cancer removed last week, and that is what is causing her tissue to deteriorate around her stitches. She put her down during surgery while we were at work, and we could not get there. And the vet then called me after that and let me know what was going on. Uh, we still had to leave work, both of us did, uh, because we couldn't focus anymore. We couldn't focus on anything, and we were both bawling our eyes red. And as Beth put it, we were both ugly crying for several days. She's been our constant for 15 years, and we have felt more like we've had an amputation from our hearts and souls without warning. And so we mourn and we grieve. We'll get through this. And we wanted, I wanted to dedicate this episode to the memory of my 15-year not only pet, but companion and as Beth said, are constant in our lives and in our home. And normally I say grace, peace, and cheers, but for Lizzie and the memory of her love, I just say meow. 
I invite you to get social with us over on Facebook or Instagram. Links are in the show notes. You can also shoot us an email at anytime soul ramblings podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to keep your mind on whatever is true, pure, right, holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. I'm Jerry Wicker. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. Until next Wednesday on the Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.